Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided episode number 57, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals and speeches for all things spoken audio. Head on over to Audible.com. And after the show this evening, if you head over to Audible.com, enter Life Coach Radio Network. There's a drop-down menu box in the right-hand corner of the screen. If you enter Life Coach Radio Network, you'll enter a contest to win a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio and the sponsor of Undivided Here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome into Undivided, everyone. As I mentioned before, I'm your host, Frank Chamaduri. Episode 57, Courageous Communication. We are live here, 701 in New Jersey on November the 6th in the year 2019. The disclaimer for tonight's program, the views of episode number 57 of Undivided, Courageous Communication may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri, my guest this evening, Nancy Koble, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And tonight's topic, Courageous Communication, is looked at by some as an up-and-coming concept. It's looked at by others as the cornerstone to effective leadership today. And we're going to talk about that this evening. Some of the things that courageous communication requires is to be brave, to be candid, to be innovative. It requires self-awareness for the leader. It requires the leader to be vulnerable and to tackle issues head on versus kicking the can down the road, so to speak. Being open to change, being open to criticism, controlling your emotions and your personal reactions. And another thing called tell your truth is what we're going to be calling it this evening. Tell your truth, you know, be open, have brave and courageous conversations with people in the workplace without holding back. Uh, We're also going to talk about one-way communication and the dangers of that, the pitfalls of that, inclusive leadership, is going to be also a subtopic that we will touch upon tonight and masculine versus feminine management styles. So all of that is going to be the backdrop for tonight's program. And thank you for being with us, uh, everyone near and far. Nancy Coble is going to be our guest and kind of guiding us through uh, this topic this evening. She's a leadership and life coach a consultant, and a facilitator. She has 25 years of experience in management and leadership and is the founder of Leader Inspired. She's a core energy coach. Uh, She, as I, received her certification through IPEC. She's worked with leaders at all levels of different organizations. Uh, She's a partner coach uh, with the World Business and Executive Coaching Group. Uh, She has also recently facilitated a leadership development workshop at NASA, over the last four years. Uh, she is also a coach to women in different areas of technical leadership for new mothers, uh, coaching them through different transitions from motherhood while focusing them on staying on track with their career goals. 
Uh, she also was recently certified a Dare to, Dare to Lead, excuse me, facilitator, um, and she is also a uh, author uh, for Heal My Voice. And she also is originally from New Jersey, even though she lives in Maryland at this point. I always like to get that in there. So Nancy Coble, the New Jersey native, welcome to Undivided. Hey, Frank. It's great to be on here. So thank you so much. Yeah, you can't get the New Jersey out. It's it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can try all you want. Uh, no, there. it's not worth trying. It's good. There's good stuff in there. So um, there is, especially when we talk about being courageous. Ex- yeah, I'd say this. There's some space in there, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're known for honesty. You know, and <laughs> and being direct. That directness. Yeah, know, there there are some that, other uh, things. Here. That's true. Direct. There is a little bit of that sarcasm that filters in um, that might get it misinterpreted. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. It has been a, uh, a pitfall of my own at points, we shall say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're live here at 7.05 in, on the East Coast, and uh, to all the viewers and audience out there listening, Thank you so much for for joining our program. The first segment of our show is the divide segment, where we look at the divide in on a personal or professional or whatever the issue or topic is for the night. Um, I thought it would be helpful to start with a definition of courageous communication and an explanation as to why you know, generally it's avoided because whenever you read something about courageous communication, it's followed up with, well, it's generally avoided by leaders, generally speaking, in the business world. Yeah, it is generally avoided because when we talk about courageous communication or courageous conversations, uh, it's not easy, right? There's fear involved. There's um, emotional risk involved. You're not, you're not sure what's going to happen. But I think underneath all of that is um, many of us were not brought up with the skills on how to have these conversations. It was, let's not, um, we don't want to cause any waves. We don't want to cause any problems. Let's just keep the peace, move forward, you know, push it under the rug. Let's just move forward. We've got to get this done. So we don't address some of the tough stuff, but the energy around those issues is still there and they still come back up, but we can ignore them, move forward, comes back up and causes problems still because we're avoiding the conflict. Um, And underneath all of that is that we are hardwired for connection. And if we get into conflict, we risk losing this connection, which is the, the interesting part of that, because when we have the courage to have these conversations, we actually hardwire connection with them. So um, a lot of it is, you know, is that in order to have these, we have to be vulnerable. And not many of us really like that, <laughs> that vulnerability. We may have uh, views about vulnerability that it's weak. It's not. 
Um, and if we want to have these courageous conversations, we have to be okay with screwing it up. Um, when I was in corporate, I was trained um, to facilitate crucial conversations, and that that was a life changing. In that was a life changing for me in learning how to have some of these conversations because with those, um, the emotions are high, we have opposing views, and the stakes are high. And that's many times why people avoid these conversations because emotions are high, the other person is not agreeing with us, or we're perceiving them to not agree with us. And the stakes are high, the loss, the disconnection, you know, the stories we make up about what's possible when we have these conversations, maybe I'm losing my job, you know, could I lose my job? Maybe I have to provide for my family. So um, maybe I'll lose this relationship. I don't want to lose this relationship. So there's a whole bunch of things that go on underneath. And so if we don't have them, then we don't have to deal with all that other stuff. Exactly. Exactly right. You feel like, oh, well, I don't feel like tackling this today. <laughs> Because you could you could sense it right. You can. Uh, I knew someone that I worked with a while back, who would say to me, you know, you know, leader to leader, I don't want to have this conversation with so and so today because I know exactly how it's going to go, and they're going to get mm -hmm. defensive, and they're going to push back, and they're going to say that this is the reason why they were doing, you know, X Y Z while they are mm -hmm. supposed to be working and I just can't mentally handle having that yeah. conversation. So I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to avoid oh, that. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and working in the field I worked in and working in leadership and management development and just even as an employee, I saw that happen all the time. It's easier to not have the conversation than to have it because <laughs> it, it took so much exactly. energy. Exactly. You know, it, yeah, it takes courage basically to have these and that's, that's risk. It's, um, it's emotional risk and many of us aren't really, we don't have the ability to necessarily fully understand all our emotions. So yeah, it's risky basically. And it takes a lot of energy to go down that road and have these conversations. It is. And I've seen that in the difference. And it's an interesting segue because it just kind of came to my mind. I see that in the difference between myself and uh, when I have equals that are feminine and how we mm -hmm. approach different situations. Uh, and And I'll say, wow, you know, so-and-so, she handled that a lot differently than, than I would. So I thought at this mm -hmm. point, an explanation to the audience about the differences, as I mentioned in the intro, between feminine and masculine leadership, and also, you know, some of the misconceptions involved in both styles there based on, on gender, and maybe some of the misconceptions or preconceptions that we could form. Yeah, so this, I love this topic because we talk about feminine and masculine and many times we talk about gender, but what's fascinating when you look at it um, is that we all have feminine and masculine energy within us. So we have the ability to lead masculine, even if I'm in a female body or to lead with feminine, even if you're in a male body. 
Um, but there are differences in the style. So if we look at masculine first, masculine energy is much more logical. It's rational. It's much more direct in um, the communication style. So direct to the point. It's much more objective. Um, you know, you have a goal. How are we going to get there? What are the steps to get there? Much more practical, grounded uh, in that area when we look at the feminine side, it, we're getting into collaborative. It's much more collaborative, intuitive. We're getting much more heart-centered. So um, we're looking at the human side of it. So we're kinder in our communication. Um, but we, and what's fascinating, to, and, and this is also where we get more into creativity and um, we're not as grounded. So we get into the ideas going all over the place. And so what's cool is when we can integrate both. But before I get there, I do want to share too that when either get out of balance, that's when when challenges occur. And I love, um, so I mentioned the masculine is clear, right? Direct. The feminine is kind. Mm -hmm. When you bring them together, clear is kind. It's actually the most powerful clear that you can have. <laughs> so, so I say when the feminine is out of balance, it's not necessarily very clear in being kind. It might be more of that people pleasing. It might be, there might be some passive aggressiveness going on when it's out of balance. Um, uh, let's see. There might be some acquiescing. So codependency might be handing the power over. Um, whereas on the masculine side, when that gets out of balance, it could be more aggressive or violent, um, forceful, gets into also lack and scarcity. So I win, I have to win, you lose, that type of greed mm -hmm. type of things. So at all costs, going for it. Um, yeah, so... The masculine is focused on the doing, the getting things done. At the could be at the expense of the the human aspect of it. Um, whereas, and then the feminine is on that being side, and so that's where that integration can come in really beautifully. That's what I love using the clear is kind. Because when we're communicating, being direct and clear is much kinder than running around the bush and hoping they figure out what the heck I want them to do without directly telling them is not kind but that can happen um, a bunch. Thoughts, Frank, on what I just shared? It can. I, I like the clear is kind um, <laughs> and the, the combination of them both. I find myself being, you know, personally uh, pretty direct. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I see something, I don't like putting off the conversation like kicking the can down the road. I don't like doing that because right. then you say, I remember two weeks ago when you did something and they'll be like, no, nah, I don't remember doing that. Or do you remember, you know, uh, last Friday when I asked you so-and-so and you didn't do it? Like, I'd rather be in the moment. Like, Hey, I mm -hmm. asked you to do this. You know, last night you told me you were going to do it this morning. Now it's five o'clock on whatever the next day is. And it's not done. Uh, what's going on? You know, mm -hmm. why isn't it yeah. done? Um, what could we do 
this is what needs to get done. How are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I do things. So like, you know, it's, or it's, you know, what's going on with you? Um, you know, is there something going on that I don't know about? Uh, do you have a problem with the other person I asked you to do the task with? Like whatever it is and yeah. try and get to wherever it is quickly and get us moving forward. So like, that's, that's the way I tackle it. Uh, we are 15 minutes at 16 to be exact. We're going to take a oh, brief break. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, brief break to do some promotions. Episode 57. We'll be right back. Great. But first, episodes upcoming here on the Networks of Life Coach Radio, Erica Wiederlight. It's Erica Wiederlight Show, Monday, November the 11th, 11 a.m. Eastern. And that's a live show, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Erica Wiederlight Show, Monday, November the 11th. 11 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Check out our website at wethelight.com for more information. Audible.com is our sponsor. Let's raise some money tonight for the people in California, the wildfires. If you remember, you know, when Jenna Poneman was on the show way back before episode 40, it was in the 30s somewhere. I don't even remember what episode number. But when Jenna was on, she was a California native. We were raising money for that. And now here we are. Like a full year later, we still have problems in California that have popped up again with these terrible fires. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate to your local community. Enter the zip codes in California and Sonoma County. You can Google them and donate to those who are in need there. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 57, Courageous Communication with Nancy Coble. And when we went to that short break, we were talking about the differences in leadership style based on gender, but we also have inclusive leadership. And I had mentioned that in the open, and that's a concept that when I was talking to some friends about this show, when I was talking to them in the lead-up, they said, what the heck is that? I said, well, tune in and find out. <laughs> um, that's, that's how I got around that one. So New Jersey, <laughs> listen in, and you know, you'll see the next. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to uncover what inclusive leadership is. <laughs> yeah. so, what does it really mean? What is I it, and that, how can it translate into today's climate? Okay. Well, what's great is we can take gender, but we also can take diversity beyond gender. It's really the other. And so, you know, we just talked about the difference between masculine and feminine. And you did a really beautiful job of talking about how direct, you know, that clear is kind direct. When we have somebody in the room that's the minority, the one inclusive leadership is being aware that we all have biases. We all come up with biases. And if somebody is in the room that's not like us, whether it's a woman, whether it's a person of color, whatever it is, whatever that majority is, recognize that they may have obstacles, they may see things that we're not aware of, and they may experience things that we're not aware of. Um, I love, um, and so that's part of it, like self-awareness, but then also being aware of that. And I think gender plays in that well, because me coming up as a woman, and I I was um, an engineer working in a male-dominated field, but also I had a lot of the people-pleasing, keeping quiet, acquiescing that I had to, to overcome um, in some areas as, a, as opposed to relational. Um, so there are things that 
maybe were oppressed, it was dangerous to speak up. It's not dangerous to speak up now, but there may be a perceived belief that there is, that it's dangerous to speak up for whatever reason, um, depending upon what the power dynamics may be in the, in the room or the perceived power dynamics. So I loved this analogy, and we talked about this um, in the workshop I was in with Brene Brown. And it's, it's one thing to be invited to the party. So if, you know, if you're the minority and you're invited to the party and they're playing the music, do you know, do you know the music? Do you know how to interact with this group? Do you know the rules of engagement? And are we sharing those rules of engagement with the people that we're inviting to the party that may not know how to play, may not know the dance? Are we sharing that with them? And a lot of times we just assume because they might be the only one that they're like us and that they're just going to sit in and figure it out. But a lot of times they're not sure how to, to engage. And so they're spending a lot of their energy figuring out how to um, adjust and adapt to fit in. Um, and I had a really heartbreaking experience for me. I went and facilitated a workshop and, and I have a sense of humor and, and I was in an organization and I was talking to the leader and I had her laughing and she told me she hadn't laughed in months. She couldn't remember the last time she laughed. And I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, she has to come into work and put on this mask and put on this you know, it's this armor in a way to show up in a way and adjust to the environment she is in to lead. And so when I'm talking about inclusive leadership, am I aware of who's on the team? Am I aware that their experience is not mine? And how can I show some, how can I include them in? Is that making sense, Frank? That makes a lot of sense, actually, Nancy, and it does. Um, we talked about unconscious biases in mm-hmm. the show Kara Sachs came on, the disability show, which was two episodes ago. And the role of that with her uh, background in psychology, it was really fascinating in, you know, relative to people that have disabilities and how even people with disabilities judge each other, which I didn't realize was going on. I thought that was in our pre-show phone calls. I found that was really interesting that that was happening and that she was that honest about doing it herself. And we mm-hmm. talked about that a on, on that episode. I've done it myself. I've have a, I've asked other leaders to say, you know, do you think that I am different with, you know, my direct reports, do I act differently? And I, oh no, you're cool. You're cool with everybody. And you're, you're really open. And I do, I want to have an open door policy, so to speak. I want to be very engaged with them. And I think that I am, but I always, and my, my mentor, one of my mentors uh, had always said to me, you know, you have to always check yourself. You know, you have to do a lot of reflection. And I would say to myself, am I different? And I would come home and say to my wife, you know, am I different? I have to ask myself, do I, am I different with my female direct reports and my male mm-hmm. direct reports? I might be. I might yeah. talk to them differently without unconsciously. Oh, yeah. Um, am I different with, you know, people of different backgrounds? Because I work with people with a lot of different backgrounds. And I say to myself, am I different with them or am I not? And I have to do a lot of self 
evaluation and say, do I make them feel included? And I'm very cognizant of that. So I understand that this is a big issue and, and making them feel like they are, that they know the dance. So I like the, the analogy. And I think that's that's very important, right? Mm -hmm. That's very important. And because we all have biases, we all have subconscious implicit biases. And so it's starting Mm -hmm. to question that and asking those questions. Um, And that self-reflection is so powerful, but also looking at it, am I treating everybody and do they know how to engage? Are they, you know, running into challenges that I might not be aware of? Um, And how can I help support them, especially as a leader? But we all have different experiences and different perspectives. Right. It, It came up at another point too, where, there was someone of a higher up management scenario that was saying in the job that I was in at the time, this is back a little ways that, you know, our hiring looked too homogeneous. Mm-hmm. And part of that was the area that we were in was homogeneous. So the, the candidates that we were getting that were qualified for the jobs that we were hiring for tended to all look the same. And we all looked the same. But then we started saying to ourselves, are we hiring people because we're comfortable with them because they're like us? Yeah. And, you know, sitting there with the other guy and he and I are making decisions on hiring and firing people and how we're going to staff it all out. And we're saying to ourselves, is that what we're doing? And, you know, we had a real, you know, reflection really like come within ourselves to really be self-analytical of how is this going to change if the demographics are this way and we need to be another way. And, and mm-hmm. it was a real challenge. What we did, we challenged ourselves to change that trend. And I see that even today, I asked, I asked myself in the role that I'm in currently, am I comfortable with them because they look like me, because they act like me, because they had a similar mm-hmm. background to versus people that don't, and do I feel a little uncomfortable with them? And it brings up this whole thing, right, within yeah. myself that I'm very self-aware of as, as a leader in an organization. Uh, how is, so we think about inclusive leadership, but how is the role or what is the role of one-way communications? We talk about the impact of inclusivity on a team, but one-way communication can impact morale too. Uh, Could you explain that a little bit for the audience, what the impact of that would be for a team or organization? Oh, sure. When we get into one-way communication, and I assume from this question, one-way is leader to employees. Uh, or program project manager to team members, and there's not a lot of two-way communication going on. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that we are hardwired for connection. This is a fast track to disconnection, basically. It's like taking the Acela <laughs> for disconnection as opposed to the the regular Amtrak where you can connect and communicate and spend a little bit more time on the train. Um, It's going to impact contribution. They're not going to feel like human beings that are part of a larger cause. 
So they may be along the board for a bit, but it, they, you're going to get status quo. They may be just getting the paycheck. Um, yeah, it, which is going to decrease energy, decrease creativity, and it's just going to have a ripple effect all the way through of that one-way communication. Um, and we have a loneliness epidemic right now across everywhere, um, and this is part of it. This is one small factor in this one-way communication. It is. I feel that, um, you know, that can happen a lot. And I catch mm-hmm. myself doing it, um, you know, at certain points throughout, you know, when I look at, at different situations that I've been in. And I say to myself, you know, is this, you know, group text chat that I set up really just a way for me to talk at them versus us all sharing? Is it a way for me to disseminate, you know, directives for when I'm not there versus Mm -hmm. what it should be um, and more of a uh, forum or a dialogue uh, where people can, you know, share or feel like they have, you know, some sort of autonomy. I think everyone's so concerned with making a mistake and getting, you know, in trouble, quote unquote, or getting yelled at, quote unquote, or whatever, that they're, they're kind of stuck in this neutral and trying to make people feel that you should make this decision. And maybe then it becomes, like you said, they feel lonely. They feel uh, kind of disconnected from the work. So they're kind of in it for the paycheck. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to go out of my way to, to look at this and maybe start a project no one else has done it. So that uh, initiative is the word I'm looking for that I lost yeah. for a second. Isn't you know, they're, they've kind of checked out. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I don't realize that because I'm so busy doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm now saying, well, this has to get done, you know, so they have that going on. And I've got to get it done. And it's okay, can you get this done for me, please? And we never really have the conversation about, well, why wasn't it, you know, why didn't anyone look at this and see there's an issue with this, I should take it on versus me then having to, you know, as the leader say, can we, you know, work on getting this resolved? Yeah. So I think that's that detriment of one-way communication, right, is that they don't feel yeah. like they could, right? Yeah, that's safety. They don't feel like they have a voice. It might not be safe exactly. for them. Or it might be perceived that it's not safe for them to have a voice because everything's coming at them. And so they've got the to-do to list with the deadline. They're trying to get it all done. That there might not even be space for that voice to even come out. That's true. And that is a good segue to the next point of the potential ramifications. <laughs> Um, yeah. Old school, I'm going management style, right? Uh-huh. The old school way where people feel micromanaged, limited, or what I love the most, talked at all day by different leaders. I was in a situation once where I came home and I said to my wife, I said, Maureen, I feel talked at all day long by people, whether it was other leaders, line level people, whoever. I just feel like I'm being talked at for nine hours straight and I don't know how to deal with it. 
Can we talk about the potential ramifications of that? Yeah, there's a lot. So we we're just getting into it, right? So it's not safe. You're talked at. It's exhausting. Um, burnout is huge because you're going to work. You're doing everything on the to-do list. The to-do list is probably growing. You're getting disengaged from it. So you're either going to leave. You're going to be like, how do I get out of here? How do I escape? Or you're going to stay, but your performance is going to probably go down. There's going to be less creativity, less innovation, less engagement. Um, And when you're in that place, you know, as we know with catabolic energy, you get the amygdala hijack. So your employees may be operating in a scarcity or a fight or flight place. They're in survival. That's being talked at is exhausting. Um, You feel like you don't have the ability to talk back, or if you do, you know, I remember I was in a, a situation with a manager and she kept giving me more things on my to-do list. And I talked back and I said, I, if you're going to give me all this, I need support, but we don't have anybody. <laughs> we don't have anybody to support you. So she gave me no solutions and just more work. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I sat there wide-eyed, like, I'm stuck. What do I do, right? Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's not enough hours in the day to do all these things. Um, and it wasn't, you know, so, yeah, it was talked out, you'll do all this. And then there was judgment about what you were doing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember at one point uh, a mentor had me uh, make a list and it was exhausting at the time, make a list and keep like a log of everything that I did uh, during, during the course of an entire day. So like every time I did an action, I noted what I did. And every mm-hmm. time I did the next thing, I noted what I did and how much time I spent on it. And it was exhausting to me because instead of being in, I felt like instead of being in the moment in my job, there's a lot of things that go on. I was noting what I was doing and how much time I was spending on certain things. And then we looked at all these things that were basically outside of the scope of my actual role responsibility mm-hmm. and other things that would come up during the day that kind of derailed my progress on other things. And there yeah. I kept all these notes for a while. And when he looked at, we looked at all of it and there were stacks of paper and mm-hmm. he did this whole thing with how my time was used. Cause he looked at everything mm-hmm. and he made like, he said, he said, who could handle all this? Yeah. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Like nobody should be expected to deal with this. And it was so refreshing to me and kind of liberating because I felt like, Holy crow. I'm drowning and yeah. I don't know why I am. I should be able to swim type of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, this is ridiculous. And you should not be dealing with all this. And this has to stop. Wow. And for me, I was like, wow, how supported I felt. Um, how heard that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, oh, this is, you know, because I love what I was doing and I was really committed to my team. So mm-hmm. the engagement was still there. Mm-hmm. But just to have someone validate that 
I mean, it's exhausting when I had to do it for the week I had to do it. I was completely exhausted having to do that. Uh, it was so beyond what I usually do. And other people are like that. They're like, oh, well, I, I, uh, you know, notate everything that I do. Or I keep records of, you know, what I do. I'm like, oh, that's too much for me to have to do all that. Like, I've got <laughs> too much going on. But, yeah. yeah, but that's really powerful. That. Yeah, that's it really powerful. It was very powerful. powerful things to, to do and to have, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, somebody do that with you to show and to prove the point and then also to show other people, look, this guy is doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. This is going to change. Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to burn out. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's the saying. powerful part. Yeah. There's, Whereas, there's right, I was engaged this. with my job also. I loved what I was doing. I just had too much on my plate. I was like, yeah. And so that's really powerful what your manager did. It wasn't, you know, because yeah. I'm going to assume that, I mean, and that's the beautiful part of, you know, when a manager can come in and that's that we need to take some stuff off your plate or, you know, delegate it or figure something out so you don't burn out. Um, yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. We're a little bit beyond, but it was a great conversation. Midpoint of the show break. We'll be back in a minute here. Episode 57, Courageous Communication, which we're having a lot of tonight. We'll be back in a moment. Money Magic. It's Money Magic is the show. Gol Khan is the host. Gol Khan is the host. Tuesday, November the 12th is the next new episode. 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. As you know, Gull does her show live from London. So it's 4 p.m. here in the East. Do your time zone from there. Money Magic with Golcon Tuesday, November 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Replenish Me. Replenish Me. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. You remember Cordelia was on this show at one point as a guest. Wednesday, November 13th. That's one week from tonight, amazingly so. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, Wednesday, November 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Life Coach chat channel. Check out some of her recent episodes here on our website at Life Coach Radio Network. And uh, audible.com, again, is our sponsor. And we were talking about reviews earlier, and performance reviews is something that I was talking and dealing with earlier today. Um in, in this class that I take, and the class was all about performance reviews and different ways that you could rethink them. And I remember, you know, recently someone said to me that in another job they were in, somebody had a negative performance review, and they were talking about the detriments of that. Nancy touched on it a little earlier with, you know, if somebody gets a bad review or they're going to lose their job or they're going to take a pay cut, what does that mean for their family? This person shared with me that. In their old job, one of their colleagues attempted suicide over a bad performance review. And, and this is the point of the program where we talk about the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So if you or someone that you know is having struggles at work, like I had said, I was, I was struggling. I felt like I was drowning at points. If you or someone that you know or love has had a negative performance review or is in a situation where they're being you know, bullied at work or they don't feel included and they're thinking about harming themselves, Please call the number of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Food for the Poor, 
or www.foodforthepoor.org to find out how they're helping out with the situation in California and some of the other uh, issues and problems and natural disasters throughout the world. We're back here on Undivided Episode 57, and now we'll go to the Bridging the Divide segment. We're also going to open our phone line, so that phone number to reach us here on air is 646-716-9397. Again, 646-716-9397 is the phone number. UndividedShow at gmail.com is our email address. I check it. And at F-M-A-D-U-R-I is the DM for Twitter if you want to DM me. On Twitter. So as we bridge a divide here um, on our show tonight and looking at our topic, how do we bridge a divide between different leadership styles in order to have more inclusive leadership, courageous conversations in the workplace when others feel that all of those concepts are fads, they're buzzwords, and that they have to motivate people through tough love, quote unquote. This one's a tough one, as we know. It is. It is. Um, somebody that has that philosophy of tough love, one is we have some, I think, data, showing the data that these other leadership styles are effective and the benefits um, effective across the board. And there is more data showing up, you know, about more inclusive leadership teams, Uh leading with the heart, the world is changing. And, and I think, you know, data is a huge part of that, that we're moving to a more heart-based world, more um, knowledge-centered, right? We, we're more knowledge workers. And we have to, um, I think it's creating safety, a safe environment for them to explore these different fads, buzzwords, right? Um, to get them curious about the benefits of these other styles, but to really create a safe environment, show the data, and make it safe for them to explore these things. And also recognize they may need a break from it. This stuff is hard. It's not easy to go from that tough leadership or tough love leadership style to one that is more heart-centered, balancing that heart and mind. And uh, being more more vulnerable because tough love is the opposite of that courageous leadership, that brave leadership, um, where we're we're having braver leaders and more courageous cultures. Um, So I think the curiosity and the benefits of other styles of leadership um, will help, will help. And know that that tough love is a short-term fix, but it's got detrimental impacts long-term, and maybe it's even bringing up some of the data organizationally of the long-term impacts. That's very true, and that's a great answer, you know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. Oh, no, go ahead. You're good. Um, That's a a great answer, and and because there is, there's this trend and this shift, you know, with our coaching backgrounds. you know, I had someone on our last program who was not a coach, and that was the first time I had had that in a long time. And when we got to the role of coaching, you know, I took that part of the show. But, you know, coaching is, uh, you know, even the class that was in today, oh, we're moving away from, you know, more of that uh, dictatorial style 
or that, mm-hmm. you know, let's blame and shame style to more of a coaching style to more of a heart centered approach and management. And mm-hmm. I've seen that. I know someone, you know, that I worked with at one point, you know, before I got into all this, that I just knew was trying because they had a reputation. And then the fear is that you're going to come off unauthentic. So this person had, you know, come off as this tough love person and that said, you know what, maybe I need to self-evaluate and try to change. And everyone thought it was BS, essentially. Like, oh, like, uh, they're placating to make themselves look good. You know, they don't, they're not really truly changing. So that becomes a whole other thing that then I was talking to this person about and kind of trying to counsel them through at the time, right? So that brings yeah. up a whole other dimension to this. Oh, my gosh, yeah, because that, that brings up a huge dimension, too, because I think this comes a lot with the masculine. Um, I think the masculine and feminine are both healing in their own ways, right? So the masculine has been, you know, we have to be tough, right? These are the goals. We've got to go get them. We've got to look strong. When we get into this type of leadership, this is vulnerable. So vulnerable is brave. It is courageous. However, it's got a myth that vulnerability is weakness, right? Um, It's not, but there is this myth that it is. And so how do we overcome Mm -hmm. that, right? Um, Yeah, you bring up, and, and that's a whole area to deal with that we have to be sensitive about also because Right. That's the shaming. Oh, they're placating there, you know, and, and they're trying something new, but they're being bashed for it, basically. So exactly. So then how do you win? Then they're like, oh, well, so-and-so is a poser, essentially, yeah. uh, because they're, they're, they don't really mean this. They're just doing this because they're afraid they're going to lose their job because they've been so tough on other people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, boy. So sitting back being a bystander in that situation was really difficult because Mm -hmm. I saw everybody's point and I'm kind of in the middle of all of it and people are asking me my opinion and I'm like, I don't know if I really want to get involved, Um, you know, which is so typical of of being a guy. I'm kind of like, I want to do my own thing over here. I've got my own goals I got to meet and, uh, you know, my own stuff I got to get done and this and that. And it, it, it brings into question a lot of of things from the perception versus reality scenario mm-hmm. yep. and, and giving people the chance, you know, like I've talked about on this show before, you know, letting people rise to the occasion, the whole story I mentioned in a prior episode about how, you know, myself and this other person had chosen uh, another salesperson who was a high performer to train this new person. Everyone said, you're going to ask so-and-so to do that. The guy's a disaster, you know, and yeah. he's not able to do that. And he was surprised. He's like, you're going to have me do what? And he ended up doing really well. And the person that he trained ended up becoming a top performer themselves. So, like, Mm -hmm. I saw some things. This other person would say, let's let so-and-so do this. And let's see what happens. And, of course, we got flack for it from everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, that we were insane for for letting this go on. Um, And then even, like you were saying, the masculine versus feminine, like, you know, we had a situation, oh, so-and-so's not feeling well. I pull him aside. I say, can you drink some water and take some Advil and get back out there? And, mm-hmm. you know, 
the, the, the therapist, I was, oh, maybe we should let so-and-so go home. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. I'm like, they could suck it up. It's on display in, in HD, you know what I mean? In high def. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. I'm like, he could suck it up and take some Advil and do his job. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be good for him, you know? Yep. Uh, how is being vulnerable? We talked about being vulnerable, and I really like this topic, and yeah, I mentioned it in the open, and you talked about it earlier. On. How is being vulnerable important, and the importance of that tree? Excuse me, in, in the process of of courageous communication and com- courageous conversation. Yeah, vulnerability is huge because one, you know, and I mentioned, I just mentioned vulnerability. We have this. There's a lot of myths myths around it, but this is one of the most important things. We cannot be courageous in our conversations. We cannot be courageous without vulnerability. Okay, so vulnerability, if we think about it, it means uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. We cannot have courageous communications without vulnerability. It's not possible. So think about it. It's risky. I mean, have you ever had a, com- a courageous conversation that you did not want to have without being vulnerable? No. No, it's okay. not possible. Um, it, it's it's just not possible. And um, and many times we're not w- willing to go there, so that's when we avoid the conversation. It was too scary. There was too much fear around it or shame. Um, so as a leader, we have to be okay with that. We have to actually, what's cool is what, when we're able to start modeling this, it's contagious. So as a leader, we have to be okay with not knowing the outcome. We have to let go of control. Um, empathy is really the rocket fuel for building connection. And that's part of that vulnerability. And so um, when we look at it, we really have to have the courage to rumble with vulnerability. And I love what Bernice Brown says here because she says, this stuff is hard. We're going to screw it up. We're going to fall down. We're going to have to get back up, but we have to embrace the suck because if we're going to have courageous communication and we're going to go to these places, it's going to suck sometimes. (laughs) It just really is going to be hard. And you just mentioned it with the example you you shared with, um, you know, the man that was, practicing this it sucks right um it's emotional exposure and it doesn't feel very good but we have to do it if we're really going to deal with the world that we're in right now and and um have greater braver leaders and more courageous cultures i love that answer and i love the vulnerability piece i think i'm pretty vulnerable you know with my direct reports and like mm-hmm. i'll say to them look this is what i have going on you know both within these four walls and outside of these four walls mm-hmm. and and then they'll share something with me well you know this is what's happening in my life and this is why i've been a little distracted and i know that i've got to you know refocus and compartmentalize and, and do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if I let that 
lead into whatever I'm doing. Those are really important conversations to have. Those are conversations where I have them and I think to myself, okay, how am I going to frame this? You know what? I'm not going to frame it. I'm just going to see where it goes. That the, Losing control like that is huge, mm-hmm. and it's very scary. And I'll even have like my, my monthly performance review check-in type of scenarios where I have no agenda. And I say, you know mm-hmm. what? I want them to tell me how they think their performance is. And everyone's looking at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, think about this. This is a concept. Um, how do you think you did? And then I'll tell you how, in my perspective, I think it went. And then we could look at, well, where is the gap? And what can we do to make these two visions of what we think we are both doing align? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting to go into a conversation and actually sometimes even change the goals based on the conversation. I'll just say, you know what? Originally, I thought I was going to have you do this this month. I'm not going to do that anymore. That takes a lot. Usually, you know, I've had leaders that say, well, this is what you're doing. And I'm looking at them like, are they nuts? Like, I already do that. And, you know, I think I need to work on this. <laughs> you know? And you're kind of like, yeah. oh, it's a flow. Like, man, I feel like this whole thing missed the boat, and it was a total waste of time. And most people say that about performance reviews. We look at different surveys and stuff. I think it's a complete waste of time because it's not vulnerable. It's not – there's no courageous communication going on. There's no, no me being out there saying, you know what? This is what yep. we got to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's Could not checking describe, off the bar. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Can you describe that? You had mentioned Brene Brown, the Dare to Lead certification. How does it tie in to having these kind of conversations? I know you just touched on it a little bit. And, and leadership mm-hmm. acumen and things like that in the workplace. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had the pleasure of training with Brene in September. So I am officially a Dare to Lead, um, a certified Dare to Lead facilitator, which means that I am certified to lead, um, lead others in becoming daring leaders, basically, and certifying them as Dare to Lead certified, not to facilitate workshops, but to be daring leaders in their organization. And basically what she found, so for those that aren't aware of Brene Brown, she is um, is a research professor at the University of Houston and has spent the past few decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. And most recently, she completed a seven-year study on courageous leadership. She's a best-selling author. Um, she's her most recent book is Dare to Lead, but she's written Daring Greatly, Braving the Wilderness, Gifts of Imperfection. She has a Netflix special on, uh, highly recommended. It. It's great. She's got a great sense of humor. But anyway, um, what she goes into and what she found out in her re- research is that there are four skills that are observable, measurable, and teachable. And it's what we teach in this workshop. Um, One is daring leaders. She's got three areas. You can't get to courage without rumbling with vulnerability. Self-awareness and self-love matter. Who we are is how we lead. Um, Courage is contagious. So to scale daring leadership and build courage in teams and organizations, we must cultivate a culture in which brave work, tough conversations, and whole Hearts are the expectation 
and uh, armor is not necessary or rewarded. Um, in addition, the four skills that we get into developing are rumbling with vulnerability. So we go there because that's not easy. Um, living into our values. She has found that many organizations have values, but they're not living them. So we actually go into the values and operationalize them. How does this look in action? Um, braving trust. So what does that look like? And that gets into things like braving um, boundaries, respect, accountability, vault. So you don't have to tell everybody all your secrets, but there are a couple people. Integrity, um, being generous with your assumptions. And then the final one is learning to rise because when we go, into this territory, we're gonna fall down. Um, if we're gonna go into the arena and be vulnerable and be these brave leaders, we're gonna mess up. So we've gotta own it, we've gotta get back up and we've gotta try again. And um, because it's hard, this stuff is, is hard, but it is contagious. So um, yeah, so it's a very interactive workshop. I facilitate the process. I'm. You know, like Burnett, Dr. Brene Brown, she's not an expert. She's learning how to do this just like all of us. And, um, yeah, we just got to be in the arena and give it, a, give it a go because it's how we're going to move forward and how we're going to build deeper connections in our organizations, in our communities, in our families. It's going to go across the board, and, and people are hardwired for connection. And, um, and this is part of that process of going there and having these conversations. That is a great explanation of the program that I will think will be very helpful to the, to the audience to know uh, what it is. And congrats on the certification. That's really awesome. Thank you. Um, and to be able to do that, that's, uh, it's quite a dedication of time. And that's um, going to be so helpful to, you know, feed forward or pay it forward, as they say, to others. And the mm -hmm. impact it will have on organizations, uh, the point of the show now, uh, role of coaching is, is the point of the show that we're at. And what is the role of coaching, life coaching, business coaching, et cetera, in helping leaders to have more courageous communication or conversations and the effect it will have on their personal lives, the personal lives of, of those that they come into contact with, like on their teams, direct reports, things like that? Mm-hmm. I, I love this question because when I was thinking about it um, and thinking about my own clients, most of anything that gets in our way, our conversations we're not having or not having well. And so with coaching, we create that safe environment where our clients are seen, they're heard, and they're respected. So we have a place where they can take off their armor they don't have to self-protect, and we can coach them where they come up with their own answers of how they're going to deal with the situation. Um, we can dive into their perceptions and their interpretations, their gremlins, the stories they're making up, because we all make up stories all the time. We fill in the blanks with lack of information. We all do it. Our brains need to do it. We get so much information going in. So, I mean, coaching is just such a great avenue to be able to explore 
being vulnerable and having these courageous conversations and having somebody, I think in coaching too, you have the opportunity. Um, you can always role play. I don't necessarily do role plays, but I, I help them give the tools, have the tools where they can go in and have these conversations and hold them accountable for them. And then we come back and we can talk and see how the conversation went, you know, and if we need to make any adjustments. So I think where coaching can help them explore these tools, play with them, come back, refine, and go back in. Very thorough. Great answer. And I think that's um, it's a wonderful way that coaching can help. And uh, essentially, like I like the taking off the armor analogy because you do you feel like you got the armor on and you're getting under attack, and it helps you just take that guard down. Yeah. Uh, what are you What are you with? What are you struggling with? What are your blocks? Why mm-hmm. are they there? How can you navigate them? How do you think you could respond differently when you're faced with this stimuli again? Whatever it is, yep. Uh, getting them back on track of finding those answers that that reside within themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's wonderful. Right on the top, eight o'clock, straight up here on the East Coast. This is Undivided Episode 57, Courageous Communication. And we're at the final segment of our show, which is the Common Ground segment. And this segment is like the first step in what we call the AIM SMART process, uh, you know, goals, planning, strategic planning. Uh, what's the first concrete step or steps that we can do to embrace inclusive leadership and to begin to have courageous communication with others. See, the first step is to be curious. Look at yourself. So that self-awareness and self-compassion. How are you showing up? That's really where you have to start. Um, And some self-love, so that self-compassion, self-love. Another thing to do is to start to learn to explore your emotions, how you're feeling in certain situations. Build your empathy muscle. And also remember that clear is kind and unclear is unkind. And that's a great one. You can ask yourself if you're being clear or accepting or expecting someone else to read your mind. And if you're expecting them to read your mind and wondering why they're not acting how you want them to act, you might want to go back to that clear as kind and start practicing. And then also just be kind. If, if you're not going to get it perfect, but just get back up and do it again. Um, I love one example that Brene had mentioned because we all make up stories and they're usually not positive. And so when we get triggered, the story I'm telling myself, what is the story I'm telling myself in whatever situation it is when you're feeling triggered? And don't give up. Just get back up and try again. That's great advice for the audience. Really, really great advice. Uh, you know, be curious and and get up. You know, don't be don't be afraid. Get knocked down. We all do. We all do. That's a advice yeah. for life too. 
That is. Life hits. It is. Uh, thank you, Nancy, for for spending some time with me tonight on my little show and um, for bringing such clarity to what I think is a very big concept that I think is is going to gain a, a, a great deal of traction. Uh, it already has been gaining some momentum within the workplace and within, you know, almost like the, for lack of a better word, almost like the lexicon that, you know, that they use within, you know, executive communication and management uh, structure, things of that nature, as we are looking at different ways to do things with different demographics and, you know, different things with, with the millennial generation and uh, trying to reach workers of different, you know, backgrounds and, I think this is a really enlightened conversation and I really appreciate your uh, time and, and preparation for it. I know we've, we've planned this show for a while and we've talked for what about six months about doing this and, and time has a way of doing that. You know, I plan these shows in advance and then all of a sudden they're here. And, yeah. Uh, it's like, this is coming. Well, that is true. But, <laughs> uh, that is true. Which we're also prepared for. But, uh, you know, the holidays are coming around the door, and, and here we are. And, and you think, ah, oh, man, you know, we've got time to do that. It's up. It's here. You know, so thank you very mm-hmm. much for, for staying in the moment with me and uh, for spending some time. Uh, at this point, I'd like for you to um, uh, let the audience know how they can reach you. Uh, we talked about some of the you know, Dare to Lead and some of the other things that you do when we talked about your, your bio in the beginning, uh, but where they can reach mm-hmm. you. Uh, what you have going on, upcoming things, or any type of information you want to share with, with the audience at this point? Sure. So you can reach me. Um, you can email me, nancy at leaderinspired, with a D on the end, dot com. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I am in the process. I am a coach. Um, reach out to me in that way. Um, I am planning a public workshop with Dare to Lead. It's in the works in early 2020. And if you're interested in learning more about that, feel free to shoot me an email with um, Dare to Lead in the title, and I will keep you in the loop um, when those will be offered and, um, and let you know about that. But otherwise, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Even any thoughts on what you heard tonight would be great. Um, and I really want to thank uh, Frank for having me on the show tonight frank it was wonderful to talk to you about this topic and how important this is moving forward so thank you so much oh you're welcome thank you and yes if you want to get in touch with nancy please do so uh in that way i think we had a couple of laughs which is always good and uh it kind of brings up like you said you have a sense of humor so do I. You have to bring some some brevity to uh, uh, you know some levity to these situations, I should say, and and like you know make it light, make it fun. You know people respond better that way too. Like I joke about myself. I'm like how like oh man, like I'm about to talk to you about X, Y, or Z, but I spaced out on you know Y <laughs> last week. <laughs> and they're looking at me like I can't believe he's being that open with me. Like, I totally forgot to do whatever and, you know, whatever. And I, I got in trouble for it or whatever it was. You know, <laughs> I never heard you. But you know what? I had a lot going on, you know. Yeah. And I understand how it is. And, 
you know, and that's refreshing to people. They laugh about it and they, you know, you're a human, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. You're human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we're all human. And I'm wondering, do you think that's a Jersey thing? That self-deprecating being human? I think so. <laughs> So. It's like because it's I do that, that all the time, you know. It's like, oh yeah, yep, yeah. But yeah. it's it's, it's uh, connection, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey man, I'm a total. I spaced out on that last week, so you know, uh, mm-hmm. let's have a conversation about stuff. But I, it's like the pot calling the kettle black here, and people will laugh. You know, like mm-hmm. they think that that's very refreshing, and you help to make that connection, and that they see that you're real, that you're dealing with things, you know, that, yeah. that you have tasks that you're trying to complete too. And it's not just, mm-hmm. well, can you do this for me? You know, because, you know, I'm quote unquote the boss and, and, and whatever it's no, I really need your help because I'm dealing with stuff that you don't even you know, really know is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes people need to get a better glimpse of that. Where some people yeah. are like, oh, no, well, this is what you have to do, and you should just, you know, keep that insulated. No. You know, mm-hmm. by being open is, you know, I really appreciate you doing this for me because I was put into this role because of something else that was going on. So that needed my attention. Yeah. And I think you it's... doing your Yeah, and I because also when we get in those stories in our head, we think we're the only ones. So us making those connections with them, they realize they're not the only ones. And I think that's powerful in that connection. I think that's part of that story. It's like, oh, I suck at this, right? I'm the only one that's this. So being able to make those connections and realizing we're all human, just figuring <laughs> figuring this out um, is very helpful in realizing you're not alone. Right. And being perfect. Or saying, you know, oh, I messed this up because, you know, let's say it's someone that just started out. You know what? I started out, and when I started out, I did this yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Or someone said, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so, you know, did this. But, hey, Frank did that when he started. He made that mm-hmm. same mistake. Mm-hmm. Look at where he is yeah. now. Like, yeah. Like when I was a line level, I made, I did the same thing. So I would say to me, Hey, listen, I know where you are. Cause I've been there mm-hmm. when I was there is what I did. So to, in order to work it out, like before someone said something to me, I would make sure I did this. So then they're like, Oh wow. Maybe I should do that. You know? Yeah. I'm like, it mm-hmm. may, may not work for you, but it worked for me. Or if I look at this, I say, you know what? It's not this, it's, you know, self-evaluation time. You know, mm-hmm. have I been showing up the way I should? And the, and that's how you have that conversation. Like, hey, look, I do it to myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that you do that at some point, too, and that will, will help you. So having those conversations as we, you know, wrap up the show, you know, tonight, and, and what Nancy said, you know, being brave, it takes a lot of courage. You know, it takes a lot of courage to bring someone in a room and, and sit them down and have a conversation about their job. You know, it's they're just like, uh-oh, you know, already. Maybe the gloves come up or whatever. Yeah. You know, right. And, and some, I had a situation yeah. where I was saying to myself, how am I going to have this conversation 
and I had to really think about it before I did for, for at least part of a day because I wanted to, to get it before it went too far down the road, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why it was still fresh, but at the same time, I needed to think about how I was going to do it because it could come off mm-hmm. a certain way. And I would say, oh, I don't want to do it in, you know, this setting because it's too formal. I don't want to yeah. do it in this setting because it's too So you actually have to think about how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it, yeah. How you're gonna at it, right? And mm-hmm. I was just very direct, like, hey, this is what I've heard. This is what I've observed. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what's going on with you? And is and then I got this whole other side of a story yep. that then when I put it together, it's like, wow, this makes sense. This is why this was going on. Mm-hmm. So rather than you know Say, oh, well, you should just get down so-and-so's throat for doing X, Y, or Z. Eh, there's always mm-hmm. another side to it. You know? Like, yeah. what's your perspective? Right? Exactly. You have to build safety, and you've got to get their view on it. So being curious is so huge in that because you've got your side, but you've got to get their side, and you have to make it safe so they can share it and build that bigger picture to really figure out what's going on. Um, so I think that's powerful. And I did want to add that Brene Brown has some amazing resources on her website and she does have a giving feedback checklist on there, like a downloadable one sheeter that is, oh, is really good. Yeah. So she's got some really good dare to lead resources on her website also that are free. <laughs> Wow. Most powerful word yeah. marketing. Free. Uh, <laughs> They're free. That's free. free. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now we're gonna and I did, yeah, stuff I post- like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I posted the, the feedback one on my LinkedIn profile because I was like, oh my gosh, this is um, perfect for feedback because I used to design and do the performance management tools. So I'm very familiar with that whole fun process. And <laughs> And uh, <laughs> working, you know, all through that fun process. So, yeah, but the feedback, her feedback um, one was great. So, And giving feedback in this class that I'm taking on management, the survey that they did recently uh, is that's the hardest thing for managers to do is to yeah. give feedback. It is hard. It's, very- it's this, yeah, it's. Yeah, and that's why I loved that because that is hard, but it's so important if we're going to move our organizations and our our people forward and we're going to do it in a way that builds connection and make it safe where they can receive it, you know, and stay engaged in the organization, right? Do the work that we need mm-hmm. them to do. That feedback is powerful, but it has to be done in a way that's safe. And, and constructive. I'm a big believer in and constructive, and positive, right? Yeah, positive. Which, uh, yeah. yeah, last had a whole exactly. conversation about that. that was better to lead with strengths and talk about opportunities or gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you use strengths to address the gaps. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that we've helped leaders out there and organizations. I think we have tonight. I'll be interested in the feedback on Divided Show at gmail.com. Um, I really appreciate Nancy staying on an extra couple minutes. We had a great dialogue here on, and some extra time here on 
some of the roles here, providing self-aware. So thank you for being in the moment and really being so helpful and so passionate about the topic and, you know, being curious with me about it and, you know, taking away from all that, being, you know, self-aware and remembering mm-hmm. that clear is mind and being open in, to your own actions or activities within your role as a leader in the workplace or even a leader in your home life and saying to yourself, am I one-way communicating? Um, am I, you know, checking those biases that, that we all have, making sure I keep them in check? Am I disengaged and, and, and kind of burnt out or lonely or isolated? How can I collaborate and, and be more intuitive and be more clear in my expectations, but in a gentler way, maybe than you know, really harsh and direct. These are all really important parts of of this topic uh, that is is going to have such a huge impact on on people at at work and in and in their lives, you know, outside of work. So uh, that's how I think we move forward from here in living undivided and and. I really appreciate the time and the dialogue here tonight. I'm going to do a couple of uh, promotions before we sign off, but um, I always like having someone from New Jersey on the show, so thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Anytime, Frank. It's always nice to talk to a fellow Jersey person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. And um, and we'll see you around the bend. If you're ever up this way, let me know. Happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a little early, but, you know, hey, what the heck? It's coming. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yep. Erica Wiederlight Show, Monday, November the 11th, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. WeTheLight.com is her website. Money Magic. That's Money Magic with Golcon. Tuesday, the 12th of November, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. Wednesday, November the 13th, that's one week from tonight, live at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach chat channel. Audible.com is the sponsor of our show. Let's raise some money for people in California and people around the world. Uh, Tonight, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338, SalvationArmyUS.org. Enter your zip code or the zip codes in California to donate to them. Food for the Poor is 800-427-9104 or foodforthepoor.org is their website. MAP International, 800-225-8550. That's 800-225-8550. www.mapmap.org. SamaritansPurse.org or 828-262-1980 to reach that wonderful organization. You can check out my practice, FrankJMaduriCoaching.com or Frank Jamaduri Professional Coaching on Facebook. Uh, you could hit me up and DM me, as they say. DM me, dude, at F-M-A-D-U-R-I on Twitter. My books are available on Amazon. That's uh, Reflections of the Passion, a Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross, and also The Promise of Tomorrow, which is a poetry collection. Both of those available on Amazon. My next program, two weeks from tonight, Wednesday, November the 20th, Sylvia Damat will be the guest, Sylvia Damat. Comparisons and Judgments, episode 58 of Undivided. Sylvia Damad is the guest. Wednesday, the 20th of November is coming up sooner than we know. Until then, 
This has been episode number 57, Courageous Communication with Nancy Coble. I want to thank all of you, the audience from the bottom of my heart for listening, and for Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm your host, Frank Jimmy and until I catch you on the airwaves again on the 20th, as always, be blessed and be well. <laughs>